morning. Well, I, this morning I sense to share with you about joy. And you know, life has all kinds of different things. It even happened this morning, huh? But joy is just, I, a lot of people too, they ask me how I got my name, Joy. I'm not gonna talk about myself, but I will tell you how I got my name. Um, I was actually born in the middle of a very difficult time for my parents. Their relationship was just about to split up. But when my mom was having me, I think she thought, maybe, maybe my dad will want to come back. Maybe he'll want to fix things and things will be okay. But when he didn't show up at the hospital, I think she knew this isn't good. With an empty room, no flowers, no balloons, nothing, the doctor handed me to my mom when she was alone. And much to her surprise, when I was put in her arms, for some reason, I, I smiled. And she said she kind of gasped a little bit and went, oh, well, I guess she smiled. I guess you'll be my joy, and so I'll call you Joy. And that's how I actually got my name, my name Joy, in the middle of a very painful, difficult time. And you know what's funny about it, my name, Joy, is that I cried all the time as a baby. I always cried. My mom said I cried all the time as a child. And I never liked to talk to people either. She's like, don't worry about it, Joy. You don't have to talk, just smile. Smile says a lot of things. You don't need words. So I'd smile all the time. I'd smile and put that nervous smile with a giggle. Like I smile at the wrong time. Have you ever done that? All the time, I smiled at the wrong time. Someone was getting hurt, and I'm smiling and giggling, and it was like, we don't want to play with you, Joy. <laughs> I was like, I know, I'm sorry. I have no words, so I'm smiling at the wrong time. And I'm like, oh, what about this smiling? I think my mom got it from Nat King Cole's song that he sang called Smile. He sang it in 1954. If you never heard it, I remember it around my house being played. But it goes, smile. When your heart is aching, smile even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by if you smile. And it goes on to say, through your fear and sorrow, smile and maybe, maybe, just maybe tomorrow, the sun will come shining through for you. But there were too many maybes in my life. And I smiled on the outside. People thought I was all happy-like, but I never had that smile on the inside of me. And the problem is, I'm named Joy. I was like, I said to God, I have a problem with my name. I really do. I, I don't understand it. I don't feel any joy. I smile on the outside. What is joy, anyway? Is joy just smiling on the outside? and pretending that everything's okay when it's really not. No, that's pretend. Joy is actually something that's real. Although it's different than happiness. Happiness means everything on the outside is good. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay for a little while. It just doesn't last very long. Joy is something that's on the inside of you when things aren't so okay on the outside. It has an emotion attached to it the Bible talks about joy and gladness together a couple of times. So there is some glad in joy, but it's so much bigger and greater than an emotion. And I think that's the complexity that we have with joy that, that the Bible talks about hundreds and hundreds of times. If we only assign an emotion to it, I think we're missing what it actually is. 
It's a spiritual force. And that's why the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's strength in joy. You see, you have to understand, there's joy in the person of God the Father. There's joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, he was anointed with the oil of joy. There's joy in the presence of God, and there's joy in the promises of God. I love that. Yet, theologians still have a difficult time putting words and defining joy. Again, if we just describe it to emotion, we miss it somehow. Jack Hayford had one of the best definitions that just really helped me. And he said, joy is the quiet inner sense of well-being. And I thought, yes, that's it. When you have joy, it's almost like you feel like you're held or upheld, as though everything's gonna be okay, but you don't know how, but something in you feels like it's gonna be okay. So we see that there's, there's, there's a glad in joy, there's strength in joy. Did you know that joy is a promise? Actually, Jesus said, I give you my joy and no one can take it away from you. Joy is a promise, but joy is also a practice. We can practice being happy and joyful, but I don't know if we can practice joy unless we believe the promise. Why would I say that? Because the Bible says there's joy and peace in believing. Our joy is directly connected to and tied to what is it that we're believing? What do I believe? Do I believe that God can get me through this? So we see these companion things that God joins joy with. There's a glad in joy. There's a strength in joy. There's a peace in joy. I love this, but can we really have joy in the middle of life? Life has some difficult things. In fact, Jesus told the disciples, he said, you're gonna have some sorrowful things. There's trials and tribulations in this world. He says, but I'll turn your sorrow and mourning into joy. I'll turn it for you. Wow, it's not supposed to be a dead end. He can turn it for us. I was in my closet weeping again as I wept a lot. And I was crying one day and I was thinking, this just, this has to end somehow. Something has to make me feel better. And I remember thinking of a scripture and a scripture that I've become quite fond of during difficult times. And the latter portion of Psalm 30 says this, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now here, we're gonna see opposites. Weeping and joy are opposites. Night and morning are opposites. I love what the morning just is symbolizes for us. A new beginning, a new start, the dawn of a new day. Notice there's joy in light. There's joy right here when something new can happen for you. And also notice that there's weeping in this dark, morning time. Literally, that verse means weeping may come to lodge with you as a guest for a night. But notice also, it doesn't say weeping may come to lodge with you for a guest for the rest of your lifetime. But I have to say that I've stayed in this morning and weeping far too long. And it can be like, oh, just a death spiral that you're caught in. Unless 
We believe that God can turn any sorrow-filled, dark, difficult situation into joy and gladness. He can. It's who he is. I love that about him and that in the midst of life, we have that promise. Pastor John Osteen had a sister named Mary. And he often talked about his sister Mary, that she had some kind of um, sickness and oppression on her life. He told about the time that he drove up to Dallas and he went into Mary's room and the room was all darkened and the windows were all closed. He went over to the window and he opened up the drapes and he pulled up the shades and he said, Mary, God is light. Mary, you're coming off of that sick bed. And he prayed for her and Mary was healed and came out of that sick bed and out of that room. On that day, not only did the natural sun shine into that dark room, but the sun and the God of light shined into the crevices of her heart and healed her and made her whole. And she came out of that dark place. If you've been weeping and crying and mourning for too long, we have to look to God and believe in him that he can get us through. Wow, isn't joy so much more than just a giddy emotion? It's strong. It gives us peace. It gives us a reassurance, a reassurance, a quiet inner sense of well-being that God will help us. Life happens though. We see war in Israel and we pray for them and pray for their people. And you may be having different things happen in your life. And I pray for you and God sees it all. But I want to share with you this morning the story about a woman named Mary Magdalene. You may have heard about Mary Magdalene and she's in the Bible and she loves Jesus. Most people think of her as a prostitute because Jesus cast seven spirits out of her. I just have to let you know that nothing in the Bible says she was a prostitute. She could have had a really bad childhood. I just wanted to tell you that so that when you meet her in heaven, you don't embarrass yourself with a nervous laugh. <laughs> like, why would you think about that? You know, it's not said there in the scriptures. But I will tell you that Mary Magdalene loved Jesus. She stayed so close to him because she was so thankful that he had helped her and healed her. She was there with his mom on the day he was crucified. She saw him take his last breath. I can't imagine the trauma that one would feel on that day as they witnessed the horrific sounds and sights of Jesus dying on the cross. She saw where he was laid and then she observed the Sabbath like all the Jews did. On the third day with a group of women, before it was the light of day, early in the morning, she went with this group of women to the tomb. But the stone was rolled away and Jesus wasn't there. So they went back to the disciples and they went and told them, Jesus is gone. Peter and John went and ran and looked in the tomb and, and he was gone. And everybody went back to their homes, it says. They went to their homes and you know what they were doing there? Weeping and mourning and in unbelief. Everybody was in that state at that time and understandably. But Mary Magdalene, she wasn't. She stayed, she was weeping, but she stayed at the tomb. She stayed and she just looked in the tomb 
And this is a passage that I have been reading over and over again for months. I want to show you something here in John chapter 20. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I have ascended yet to the Father. Actually, I go and tell my brothers and tell them, find them. I'm ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. I love this. The last sentence, Jesus always referred to the disciples as disciples until this time. When he rose from the dead, he goes, go and tell my brothers. That's closer than disciples, that I'm going to my father, but he's not just my father anymore. He's your father. And I'm not just going to my God. They had always heard him pray to God the Father. But he goes, it's not just my, he's not just mine anymore. He's your God. As though basically what Jesus is saying is, Mary, I fixed everything. I closed in the gap between mankind and God. It's all going to be all right. When Jesus rose from the dead, he brought good news to Mary and she believed that. He's like, it's, we're family now. We're closer than ever. She grabbed hold of that with joy. She went and told the disciples, and they didn't believe her. They chose not to believe at that time. Later on, they did, and the Bible says when they believed, they were glad. But Mary, all by herself, she had this word of the Lord in her because Jesus had manifested himself to her first before he had manifested to anybody else. So when we look at the story, you have to go, what was she doing? She wasn't in the tomb. She's looking there. She's weeping. She's looking. I'm amazed that when life gets really, really difficult, how our life just, everything reorganizes. And some things that would move us don't mean as much because the angels are talking to her. And she's like, angels, angels, I don't care. Where is Jesus? Do you know where he is? I have to find Jesus. And he's standing right behind her. And she doesn't even know it. And as if to say, don't cry, Mary. I'm right here. He's a very present help in any time of trouble. And then when he calls her name, I can't even imagine how tenderly he spoke her name. And I'm so glad that he's not like us. I get names mixed up all the time. You know, he didn't go Margie M. It starts with an M. <laughs> which Mary are you? There's a lot of Marys around here. Mary Cleopas' wife? or, or which, which Mary are you? He knew exactly which Mary she was. And she knew the sound of his voice. Isn't it wonderful to think that God would know our name 
you know how many hundreds of thousands of people there are in the world? Honestly, the people that know your name are not that many. Someone had to come in some kind of close proximity to you to even know your name. There's some kind of closeness. And I love this in Isaiah 43, 1. The scripture says this, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. How close is that? How reassuring is that? What a settled calm. What an inner quiet sense of well-being to know we are his. Nothing really seemed okay still, but she had it in her. I went through a really difficult time when my daughter had a traumatic event happen to her and she wasn't okay afterwards. And I could not stop crying. I couldn't stop weeping. I tried. In public, I would be okay at church for a little while. But as soon as I'd get in my car or I'd be getting ready for bed or I'd be in the grocery store down the cereal aisle, I would have streams of tears flowing down my face. I, I, I couldn't stop weeping. It was embarrassing. People would walk by. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I can pick out cereal. I just, I'm beside myself. My family's like, are you going to be okay? Are you going to ever stop crying? And I was like, I don't know. I'm trying. I can't make sense of this. I, it's just unbelievable what happened. And I'm just over here trying. Where is God? I can't find him. I know he didn't do any of this. Until one night, I'll never forget, Alan sat up in bed. And he said, I believe I have a word of the Lord. It's out of Psalm 145. There's a verse that says, God would raise up those that are bowed down. And I believe God's going to raise up Christina, who's been bowed down from this situation. He can fix it. We can't. I believed that word. That night, I believed that word. And I can't explain it. I had that settled sense of well-being, that inner quiet God's helping us. And I remember rolling over and having a sense of peace, which is in joy, and being able to sleep. Nothing changed on the outside for a while, but I was okay on the inside. You see, when we go through heartaches and pains, we have to understand, God understands. Do we have to realize, if you read Isaiah 53, Jesus was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. But do you know in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't just politely kneel down there. The Bible says he fell down on the ground, weeping. But for the joy set before him, he endured. There's strength in joy. What was his joy? We were his joy. What's our joy? He is our joy. He can turn any and every dark, death-filled, dreary situation into joy and gladness. We can believe that too. And we can 
see that, no matter how long we've been in, had this guest of weeping with us. I think what has to happen in our life, though, I know for me, you have to find out what is God saying in every situation. What is he saying? As though you'd say, what's the message to my heart in all of this, God? What would you say to me if I hear from you, if you reveal yourself to me, I'll be okay. And we actually are okay once we hear from God. Oh, how do I hear from God? How do I do this? You go to your Bible. In the Bible, in the promises of God, God speaks to you. And you read it in the morning, and you read it in the night, and you read it through tears, and you read it when there's light, and you read it all the time. And you may go, but I don't understand it when I read it. Neither did I at first. But if you keep reading it, you will hear his voice. You'll recognize it. And when you come to church and you hear the word of the Lord expounded even more, and you hear it over and over and over again, you will begin to recognize his voice. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. God knows how to get his message to you. He knows how to reveal himself to you. It could be through a song. I got a word from Alan. It could be as you're reading. It could be in a, a card someone gives you. God has a beautiful, very significant and special way of reaching you and turning what was so sorrow-filled into joy. I think it's so interesting that Mary Magdalene, she didn't go to the place where Jesus died and cry there. She went to the last place where she had seen him, where she knew he was. You know, when I was going through that difficult time and couldn't stop weeping, what I did is I kept, I kept like, what happened? How did this happen? I was looking in the wrong places. I was looking in the dark for life. There is no life and light in darkness. I could dig around all I want to and still not find it there. And so when things have happened in our life, we've had a death, a loss, a defeat, a failure, a divorce, a depression, whatever it is. We can't keep and try to find God in that. He's not there. He's not in the dark and he's not afraid of the dark. He's in the light. Ruth Bell Graham tells a story of her bunny that she loved. She loved this bunny. And so the bunny died, and so she buried the bunny. But every day she dug him up because she wanted to see him until he was terribly decomposed. And finally, she left the bunny in the ground. Later on in life, the Lord told her, there are some things in life you have to leave buried. Don't go there in their, your conversation. Don't go there in their thoughts. Don't dig up. Let the past be the past at last. And you know what? We can choose to believe God and trust in him and expect that he can help us in every and any situation. He's God and he can help us and he's good. I, I know too that in joy there's an expectancy. Expectancy. Having grown up in Florida, I happen to love sunrises because I watched a lot of them. And so a lot of times too, when I'm going through a difficult time, Psalm 130 often comes to me. 
Psalm 130 says, there you go. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. Mary's waiting and watching. She's waiting where she knew he was. Wait on the Lord. Wait and expect him to move and believe in him. And you'll see the morning. I love what the morning represents. It invites us to begin again. It's the dawn of a new day. That's what the morning symbolizes for us. When Christina was going through that difficult time, I had heard from the Lord, and the Lord had upheld me. But she hadn't heard from the Lord yet. A great way to pray for adult children is, Father, let them hear from you. If they hear from you, they'll be all right. So she was still despairing, and we're in Miami, Florida. I woke her up at about 4.35 in the morning. I said, come on, we're going to go to the beach. And I put her in the car, and we drove to the beach. It was dark outside still, just the shimmering of the moon. We were the only ones there. Went to the middle of the beach. I could still see her silhouette sitting there. And I said, look out, Christina, in the darkened sky. Look out over the ocean and keep looking because you're going to see the sunrise. There's the dawn of a new day. Something in us as people knows the sun is going to rise and we glory at the beautiful colors. And yet something in us needs to believe the Son of God, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing and hope and help upon our lives with warm, colorful rays of his love and light that goes in the deepest crevices of our soul where there's been darkness and makes us whole. I love that God, the God of heaven and earth, would know our name. In John 10, it says this, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I wonder if he's not calling us by name today and going, come out. Come out of depression and darkness and despair and what caused you so much weeping. There's a true story of a man, pastor in Ohio, and he had a heart surgeon in his church and so he went to go view one of his surgeries and he watched as the man opened up the woman's chest cavity and worked on the heart. Well, before they put the heart back in, they have to get it to start again. And he's massaging the heart. It didn't respond. He goes through more extreme measures. No response. Again, more extreme measures. He had done everything he knew to do and the heart doesn't start and no response. The pastor's thinking at this point, am I gonna watch this woman die on the table? And the doctor does something very unconventional. He pulls down his mask and he goes over to the woman's head and the, the head of the gurney and he kneels down. And in her ear, he said, Miss Johnson, this is your doctor. I've performed the surgery and everything went perfectly well. I fixed everything. Your heart is repaired. Miss Johnson, 
I need you to tell your heart to beat again. And it did. I wonder if God is not calling our name and saying, I fixed it. Everything's going to be okay. I'm here for you. Tell your heart to beat again. I need you to tell your heart to beat again. To live again. To love again. To believe in him again. Because my joy I give to you, says the Lord. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your help to us your love to us. And I ask you, Lord God, to shine your life and your light and your love into the inner rooms of our heart. I thank you for joy that gives us strength and peace and glad. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you bow your head one more time just for a moment? If you came this morning or you're watching online and you say, you know what, I, I don't know that I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure. Or maybe you know that you did it one time and you just simply got away from him. And this morning something has touched your heart and you realize I, I, need, I need to be back with God again. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're not going to have anyone stand up or come to the front. I can't see if you're online, but if you're here and you're saying, Alan, this is me and Man, I, I want to be, be back with the Lord or I, I want to make sure that He is, is the Lord of my life. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just real quickly across the auditorium? Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate your courage. Can't see you online, but I, again, this is, this is such a great message. You can hear the heartbeat of God in this. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to say a prayer. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to, but you didn't but you can pray with us. We're going to pray with you as a church family. If you're watching online, you're by yourself. You can pray this out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. But we're going to pray it as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now with heads still bowed, Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer, for those who've come out of spiritual darkness into the light and for those who've come back home. Father, we rejoice with them. And Father, we rejoice at hearing your voice this morning that you can turn mourning into joy. Thank you for that promise. Thank you for the light and strength that there is in you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, before we go, if you prayed with us, maybe you're online and you prayed with us, you can, if you would scan that, we'll get some information. We pray for you every week. If you're here, there's a card right by your feet, so take a moment and do that. And you can drop it in the boxes on the way out. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless.